wait for it. We are recording. Aaron, go. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Albion Obsessed podcast. I'm just going to sit here and smile for a moment. Um, you join us on the back of what is probably the single best performance um, of our Premier League era. Uh, the single best performance at the Amex, I think, ever, perhaps. Um, we only went and thrashed Manchester United. Now, we're joined today by quite a few people because, let's face it, everyone wanted to be on today's episode. So let's come to the guys we've got today and see how they're doing. Curtis, how are you, mate? Fantastic. Excellent. Wonderful. I'm, as I'm sure we all are this morning. Yeah, I imagine so. Uh, Dan, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm all good. Uh, still buzzing. Still looking at looking at the uh, the results from yesterday. And it was mind blowing. Brilliant day. Mind blowing. What a way to put it. Uh, Chloe, how are you? I'm absolutely buzzing. I actually had to check the score on my phone when I woke up this morning because. I was like, it must have been a dream. That was amazing. But no, it wasn't a dream. It really happened. It did. I think I, I shared your thing like half full time. I was like, did that really just happen? Did it? Did it? Did that just happen? So I've had to watch the replays again and again and again. Um, Aaron, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, Thomas. Very well. Very, very happy. Makes a change. Two weeks on the bounce. Jesus, what's happening? I know, seven goals in uh, two games and four at home. Um, now, Joe, uh, unfortunately, couldn't be with us today, um, but he sent me this uh, voice clip he'd like us to play. So before we jump in, I'm just going to play this, if that's all right, guys. Um, hopefully the audio will sound OK uh, through my phone and through my microphone. Um, and if it doesn't, Joe can work his editing magic. Hello, Albion Obsessed Faithful. Just a quick voice note from me. Uh, can't be on the pod today. Uh, absolutely gutted after an amazing game yesterday. Um, I can't even put into words how incredible I felt at that game. Um, we did a little Hereford um, sort of tribute uh, last week and I was sharing stories from what people felt at that game. And I said as much, I said, you know, I've never felt this way at a football game because that's what someone told me. Um, and yesterday was my moment to feel like that. Honestly, goosebumps all over. Um, when Kukurea scored, I was in tears. Uh, when we scored the fourth goal, I was on my knees. It's just unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can finish strong. Um, but if, if that's the way we want to finish the season, then, yeah. We are so lucky to have this team. Up the Albion. Yeah, well said, Joe, there. I think that's uh, really nicely put. Um, you'll have to forgive me, guys, because I've banged on a bit about this um, this week. I'm going to bang on about it again. Um, so yesterday we picked up what was our first home win in 2022. Um, we'd picked up four points from the previous, I think, eight games at the Amex. And... And what a way um, to win our first home game this calendar year. And it, for me, it is just so, so, so poignant that it's in the same week as the 25th anniversary of that game against Hereford. Um, and, and I know I've said it and I will say it again, because we were without a home. We were on the brink of going out of the Football League, potentially out of business. Um, but yesterday we put, perhaps one of the biggest teams in the world to the sword and we absolutely battered them there is no other way to say it we outclassed them we outshone them we the, Manchester United have got Cristiano Ronaldo who many fans consider to be the greatest of all time and we made him look completely ordinary we were dominant in this game yesterday. Curtis, my friend, me and you, we watched um, over the television. So our experience, of course, will not be the same as Dan's, Chloe and Aaron's. Um, but just tell me, Curtis, from the outset, we were dominant. Did you for any moment think that that game yesterday was going to go the way it did? No, if I'm honest, I I, I thought we were going to draw. I thought it was going to be 1-1 one, one, and I was like, cool, I'll take a point there, right? When we scored and stuff, I was like, okay, great. And then the second goal, I was like, right. 
okay and then the third i was like what what is what is happening right and there was a bit of a delay on my end because i was watching it legally and um then my brother goes you've scored four mate and i'm like no no we haven't <laughs> no and then the fourth i completely i was bamboozled i was frazzled i just i had no i couldn't formulate words nothing i was just done i was so done but like it was like you said it's like poetry in motion in the sense of the, the timing of everything and it was just like what joe said when kukurea scored his goal right that shit was so emotional sorry for the swearing it was so emotional uh i just it was amazing i love this team sometimes man i love them i, I truly do um it, it can be the worst thing and the best thing in the world and yesterday was one of the greatest things i've seen in a long long time so amazing very well said mate very well said um Dan, on the last podcast, you had some very strong opinions on Manchester United. Um, now, I very much view Manchester United as a very average side with a sprinkling of excellent individuals in there. Um, did you see any of that yesterday? Absolutely, really not. Every player pretty much played how I expect them to play. All very, fairly average. Not at a level that we expect a, a Manchester United team to play. Um, Ronaldo basically was missing for most of the game. He showed little to no threat. I think only Fernandez made it. He had one shot on target. That was any sort of a threat. Um, yeah, I felt very vindicated after that. What I said because before the game, I was feeling a bit nervous. I thought this is going to come back to bite me. He's going to bite. This going to bite me on the ass. I think it is. And luckily it didn't. So, so yeah, I, I, I like being right sometimes. <laughs> don't we all, mate? Don't we all? Um, now, I don't want to speak about Manchester United too much, but Chloe, I mean, a lot of people, obviously, quite excited to see, as I say, what many fans of football in general consider to be one of the greatest players of all time um, come to play at the Amex. Um, and rightly or wrongly, some Brighton fans were excited by that prospect as well. But do you feel like the names of the United players like Ronaldo, Sancho, De Gea, do you think that the names of those players and, in fact, the name of the club, Manchester United, are, are more impressive than the actual reality? Yeah, I would say so. They, they didn't look good when we played them at Old Trafford, really. They basically just got a bit lucky. And their chances went in and ours didn't. So, yeah, they, they were very, very ordinary. And, um, I mean, obviously, Ronaldo is someone who can just out the blue have a world-class performance. Um, he's still got that in him. But I think he has had a few off games this season. Um, but I do think he's carried them to some extent. I think he has carried United. Um, he's the only one who you really fear going into the game. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think the image is better than the reality. I remember a time, um, and as I'm sure you do, Aaron, as well, um, in the late 90s uh, under Ferguson, you know, Manchester United were dominant. They were just a phenomenal team. And I think any any objective football fan can recognise that. Um, this is a far, far, you know, this is a completely different side to that side under Ferguson, um, as you'd expect, considering. Um, but I remember there was something on Twitter, some Manchester United fans were saying, oh, yeah, well, um, you know, look how far we've fallen um, since the late 90s. And it's like where late 90s, they finished first. Um, and now they're what, sixth or something like that. In the late 90s, we were <laughs> almost bottom of the football league. Um, you know, we were 89 out of 90. And then, as I said on the last podcast, they, I can't, I just can't believe like the lack of sort of you know, perspective from United fans. Um, but Aaron, the last thing I want to chat to you about is that uh, you messaged us on the, uh, the group chat yesterday about fans on the bus chatting about Ronaldo. You messaged about fans in the home end, giving it the old zoo. So Aaron, um, I invite you now to share your thoughts and opinions on Brighton fans or Brighton fans doing such things? Uh, to be fair, 
when we give her a sort of performance like that, that's the last thing I really want to talk about, do you know what I mean? Um, just, just to say one thing, well, a couple of things. Ralph Ranick, Rafael Varane, Cristiano Ronaldo, Bruno Fernandes, your boys took one hell of a battering. One hell of a battering. That is all. Well said. And uh, yeah, I, I don't want to um, keep chatting about them because this podcast isn't about them. This is about us and how bloody amazing we played. So let's talk about how phenomenal we were yesterday. And let's talk about our boy, Moises Caicedo. What a performance from that young man. Let's talk about that first goal, Curtis. So um, in the, you know, he once again, Caicedo is the boy that starts it off because he pickpockets a United player Um and we, you know, the interplay is fantastic. The ball falls in the box. It's a poor defensive clearance. March plays it to Gross. Gross has a shot that's blocked. And then Caicedo drills a low effort into the corner from 25 yards. Goes through Lindelof's legs. De Gea doesn't see it. What a start this young man's had. And I think in every podcast we've done since he's played, we've we've talked about him. So, Curtis, just how fantastic was that young man yesterday? incredible as as great as he's been in the last six times he started you know um i think he's been like man of the match for me in like four of those six games or four or five maybe all of them i don't know but he he's just been so good and it's so richly deserved and you can see how much it meant to him as well you know i think we seem to forget how far these people can come from sometimes and how how different the culture is and how confusing things must be. So when you have that one moment where everything just all comes together, the culmination of just your dream, you know, and he, we've been hearing about how he's a fan of Man United as well. right? And imagine to put a goal away against a team you're a fan of and they turned him down. Apparently they were looking at him like last season as well for like 7 million or something. And the deal we got on him is outstanding. So let's hope we can keep hold of him and, he can keep kicking on and doing as amazing as he's already done. So, Yeah, you're right. Uh, Manchester United were reportedly uh, looking at him. I'm, I'm led to believe that the uh, the transfers from South America can sometimes be a bit messy. Um, and I think Manchester United just didn't have the patience to deal with that. But thank yeah, goodness. I, I heard um, apparently he wasn't good enough is what I heard. What do you want me? I just don't know what to say to that because um, he's come into our squad since Easter and he's probably been one of the standout performers. Um, and as you say, Curtis, you could see what it meant to him. You know, the smile on his face uh, when he scored was just phenomenal. Um, Dan, that first goal, when that went in, talk to me about the Amex atmosphere as when that ball hit the back of the net. Uh, just electric. It was uh, for every goal. It was just electric. The Everyone was so elated, you know. There's a lot of singing through throughout the game, and especially for uh, before the first goal, I I sort of thought this atmosphere feels different today. It felt different sitting in there. I don't know if, how Chloe and Aaron and obviously Joe uh, I felt sitting in the crowd as well. It felt different. It didn't feel like a normal a normal game we've we've all been to before. It just felt special, and luckily for Moises, we finally get his first goal, which I think. We've all been hoping he gets that for a while. I think we've said it in podcasts podcast three different times. We're hoping he gets his first goal. I'm so happy for the lad as well. You can see it on his face that he was delighted with it. And obviously sit, sitting in there and there with everyone cheering, just sort of so happy it's happening because it was fully deserved as well. He's going to be a special, special player. I've said it so many different times. I believe this guy could potentially be the, one of the best players ever. Well, not ever, but oh, one of the best players ever. Yeah, he's um, what a start he's made. Twenty years old, and he's putting performances like he has been. Now, Aaron, you've just you've just told me you've got a stat for me. What is your stat, my friend? I, I do, I do. I just came across this on the on Twitter. So, Brian have joined Liverpool, Barcelona, and Atletico uh, Madrid as the only clubs to uh, to beat a team with Ronaldo in it by four or more goals. That's uh, we are that's pretty good company to be. We in, are to be massive. Fair. We are huge. Can confirm. Like Kukurea's hair, we are absolutely massive. Um, 
Aaron, you guys were in fantastic voice uh, yesterday at the Amex. Uh, you could hear it um, over the commentary. It was just phenomenal. Um, do you think that's the best atmosphere, not only just this season, but where do you rank that in the best Amex atmospheres that you've experienced? It's got to be up there. Um, I, I think it's, nothing will top that Sheffield Wednesday playoff game for me. That was <clears throat> ridiculous. It was just the ground was bouncing for like you know, for the whole entire first half of that game. It was crazy. But <clears throat> yeah, it was up there. It was unreal. Uh, it's the best atmosphere of the season by, by far. And I think, you know, we, we treated it very similar to like an away game. Right? It just felt like it just felt like an away day. Like everyone, there was no, no negative force. There was no, you know, sort of. It felt like there was no pressure. It, it felt like there was no pressure on on this game. And obviously, when you go away from home, you sort of you don't have to worry about that. And it was just constant singing. It was class, absolutely class. And yeah, very, very. The atmosphere, the atmosphere was super. Well done um, to all those attended who who made that atmosphere so special. Now, Chloe, um, United did see a brief period of a bit more possession, but it didn't last very long. Um, there was a fantastic attacking play again, that interplay between the Brighton players. Uh, Welbeck went really close. Um, do you think Brighton could have quite easily added more in that first half? Yeah, I mean, maybe we could have, yeah, I was sort of hoping we'd get a second just because that would calm things down a little bit. Because um, every time they attacked, even though they didn't really threaten us much, especially in the first half, I don't think. But um, every time they attacked, I got a bit nervous. Just And when they had that free kick um, that was just, just went right over, I thought they're going to score. This is going to be like Southampton, but it just wasn't their day and um yeah I didn't really feel that threatened after seeing them attack a couple of times because it did just look like they they looked a bit toothless um and our defensive play was you know solid I think Sanchez made a few good saves as well so yeah what was the question again sorry uh, do you think we could have added more in that uh, first half oh. Yeah, I think we could have done, but um, yeah, we scored four goals. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Um, I think yeah, yeah, I do agree. I think um, as you said at the the start of the show, Chloe, you know, Manchester United have got those individuals, and all it takes is Ronaldo to you know feel a bit confident, and then you can easily see yourself, uh, you know, concede. But we didn't. Uh, we were phenomenal in that first half. Um, I think that was probably the best first half of football I've seen Brighton play in a very, very long time. Um, and we'll come on to the Sanchez saves in, in just a moment because um, I'd love to get Aaron, your opinion, especially as a goalkeeper, on what I'm going to ask you. Um, but just before we crack on uh, chatting about that second half, I just want to talk about um, the halftime show. Now, obviously, um, I wasn't there, so I didn't see it in person. Um, but Tony Bloom presented Stuart Storer with his uh, Player of the Season award um, 25 years later. Um, and as I said at the top of the show, it's about perspective for me. You know, Stuart Storer scored the last goal at the Goldstone. Um, and 25 years later, he is now being finally presented with that award. Um, Curtis, just how poignant is that in our club's history that, as I said, you know, all these things happened 25 years ago and, you know, the right thing has happened. Tony Bloom has given Stuart Storer his Player of the Season award. Just how how proud do you think Storer must be to receive that at the Amex? I mean, in incredibly proud. I mean, he, he was there for a defining moment in the history of our club. Um, and if it wasn't for that moment, we wouldn't be sat here talking about what we're talking about today, I, I don't think. So... Uh, richly, richly deserved. And you could see uh, the small amount that I did see of it, it, it looked like it meant a lot to him. So, uh, and the fans as well. I just think it was, you know, really uh, amazing, warm uh, moment for everyone involved. So, 
Yeah, definitely. Um, the club is putting a lot of energy and effort, Dan, into um, celebrating, observing, whatever um, whatever you want to call it, um, the last years of the Goldston. Do you think we're going to get some sort of Goldston-related kit next season? Well, I think we should. Why not? You know, we. I think we've been... I think, as you said, Tom, in the, the, the group chat before, um, that we've been showing off a new kit for the last game of the season. And if if it's anything but that, I've, I always wouldn't say I'd be disappointed. I, like, I love this. I love seeing a new kit. But I think we should. I don't see why not. Have a nice tribute. Obviously, have everything exactly the same. Merrick Express in the same colours, the same colours in the badge. And then the away kit, they could do what they want with it then. No, I'd, I'd be happy with that. I think it just really deserves it. Yeah, I do love a good shirt. And um, yeah, Brighton have played, I think, the, well, they played Manchester City in this shirt last season uh, instead of the pinstripes. And then the season before, they played Burnley in the pinstripes. Um, so it'd be nice to see maybe the game against West Ham in a uh, the new home strip. And yeah, what better way to celebrate 25 years post-Goldston than a red American Express logo and then a red badge. I think that would be a very fitting, because you know me, I love a shirt. Um, so, second half. Aaron, what a start to that second half. I was worried <clears throat> very briefly. I was very, wor- I was, you know, a bit, bit worried that we wouldn't go out with the same impetus, the same dominance, but we did. Um, and then Kukurea scored a fantastic goal, and what an emotional... Uh, celebration from from the massive-haired Spaniard. Yeah, I, I would probably back you on that one. I, I thought pretty similar. I, it was one of those who were thinking, will we come out with the same sort of impetus to the game? You know, we're one nil up against United. Do, do we do we sit back or, or or do we go for the kill? And the second half felt like a bit of a blur. To be honest, it felt like it, it all happened really quick. Um, I didn't realise there was such like big, like I say, like, a ten-minute gap between the third, second, and third goal. Like it just felt like it was like bang, 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 and all of a sudden we we're four 0 up. And uh, yeah, it's a fantastic finish. But the, the actual the build-up play to it was was fantastic as well. And Trossard's awareness to actually dragged that back because when Trossard has the ball, Kukurea's not even in shot. He's not, you know, when you when you watch the watch it from TV, he's not actually in the shot. So he's had to make that run and it's a perfectly weighted ball. And he, as soon as he hit it, it was in. And yeah, absolute scenes in the North Stand. Absolute scenes. It was class. Yeah, it was a very um, emotional um, celebration from Kukurea. Um, and I think you said, Curtis, like when Kukurea scored that goal, it's hard not to get you know, caught up in the emotion, is it, isn't it, Curtis? Because as you say, when we scored that second, I was a bit sort of like, oh my God, oh my God, what is happening? Um, and it's just, you get, well, you know, you get, as I say, you get enveloped in it, don't you, Curtis? I mean, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about a guy who works his ass off every single game and he's constantly busy and he's constantly doing something and he's usually just always so good. And like, you could see, Trossard just playing the, the ball out to him there and I just knew it was coming at that point and oh it was amazing truly just it was so well again richly deserved I mean we as a cohesive unit yesterday it was just all so good and yeah just again like I was saying about uh, Caicedo like we underestimate all the, the things that, that these players have to go through to get to the to get to this point you know, and he has to come to a different country and learn a new, completely new language and pick up all this, uh, a new league and all these other things. And yeah, just so happy for him. So, so happy. I think there was, um, I don't know how true it is, but it's one of those things, I think, uh, in the Brentford game, Kukure got absolutely clattered. And apparently Lewis Dunk went over to him, picked him up, up off the floor and said, welcome to the Premier League, mate. Um, so I bet that was a, a bit of a shock. But yeah, he has been consistently excellent um, since joining us. And obviously we've chatted about um, the player of the season. I think we're all pretty much in agreement that his name definitely needs to be up there. Um, Chloe, um, you are our resident uh, ground hopper, I suppose, because you seem to go every week to every game, which is just phenomenal. Um, are you going to the Leeds game? And will you be purchasing a Kukurea wig? 
Um, yes, I am. Um, and I'm not sure I'm a bit on the fence at the moment. Um, I have a lot of hair already. It just perm so your I'm... hair. Oh, that's really bad for your hair. I did think about like curling it or something just to make it look big rather than buying a wig because wigs are so uncomfortable, man. I've worn them for cosplays before and, you know, it's not, not something you really want to have on all day, especially if it's hot. Um, but I might, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> good skills, good skills. Yeah, it's just um, the thing on Twitter, everyone's like uh, um, you know, talking about it. I bet someone out there is going to just buy a truckload of them, get a, you know, get in the car, put them in the boot. You know, when they get to Ellen Road, just kind of like pop your boot open. Right then, Brighton fans, 20 quid a pop. That's what I do. Um, right then. So, yeah, some fantastic interplay. Brighton are brilliant, Dan. Absolutely brilliant. And I agree with what Aaron said. To me, I didn't even realise that there were 10 minutes in between, like, the second and third goal because it just seemed to happen so quickly. Um, and for the third goal, I just want to um, point out that just the phenomenal interplay um, between the Brighton players. It was scintillating, one-touch stuff. Um no, sorry, so it wasn't the second goal. It was the no, sorry, that was the fourth goal. It was the third goal. Sanchez, long ball out to Kukurea, plays it inside to Trossard. And then Aaron's most favorite player in the history of Brighton scores a wonderful goal. Tell us about this goal, Dan, and how brilliant it was to see Pascal Gross score again at the Amex. It was quite good. Yeah, I I didn't expect it when I saw him get get the ball. I sort of thought, if that's it, it's done. It's, it, he's gonna someone's gonna tackle him over him, and and uh, that'd be it. The time has gone. But he just sort of slid past. I can't remember who the United you know, player is, and straight into the back back of the net, at the bottom corner. I was just like, blimey! And I sort of immediately I thought of Aaron. I thought, if I I know he's behind me somewhere. And I wanted to look back at him and sort of sort of just like see see what his face was, but um. But yeah, it was, it was great to see to see him and uh, for, for Aaron's sake, sign, sign the contract, mate, please. <laughs> I would love to see Pascal uh, Gross um, sign a new contract. I don't think it will happen. By um, the way, I loved yesterday when he did score. We just see Aaron in the chat go, well, <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, just the well. Um, yeah, I would like to see him sign a new contract. However, I highly, well, I, I think that if he does, he'll be a bench warmer. Um, so, yeah. So, if he does leave, and if that is his last goal for the club, what a way to score it. Um, but it just goes to show you how dominant we were that I got my goals mixed up. Um, so, let's just talk about that um, Sanchez ball, Aaron. Um, what what fantastic distribution. Um, and, in fact, I think in the second half, there's a case to be made that Sanchez was one of our most important players because for the for long parts of that game he's had nothing to do and Aaron talk to us not only about the distribution for that third goal if you might but also just how much focus it takes to go from not doing a lot to suddenly having to pull off these incredible saves um see with with the third goal that that ball out is fantastic but he he's he was doing it all all game he was just hitting uh Kukre, hitting Veltnam you know, with ease, with absolute ease. Um, and when when that third goal went in, you saw—I don't know if I don't know if the TV show or anyone else saw it in the ground—that the the uh, centre up, Veltnam, uh, Dunk, and uh, and that lot straight straight over to uh, Sanchez and celebrate with Sanchez because that ball was unreal, like it pinpoint, like Kukre is on the move as well. It's a hell hell of a pass. Um, and you're spot on. You're spot on. I think Sanchez, the saves he made were, were, were absolutely incredible. The one from Cavani. And then, you know, that, that really good header, because that's what Cavani does. He, he's a fantastic poach, poacher in Fox in the Box, per se. But that's what separates good goalkeepers, uh, sorry, great goalkeepers from world-class goalkeepers, is keeping switched on. When you have barely anything to do for, for large parts of the game, is when you're called upon, you you make that save, you make that big save, and that will not just help his confidence and belief that you know we, we are not going to concede. It will also boost Dunks, Veltnams, Kukrez, the whole team's confidence. Thinking, 
you know, he's he switched on. He's still in this game. You know, because there can be times I'm guilty of it when they've sort of haven't done anything for almost an hour, and then I've got to make a save. It it, it doesn't happen. It's like well, I've done nothing. I'm not switched on. And I think, like I said, it, it separates great goalkeepers to uh, to world class goalkeepers. And in all fairness, I think I, I did feel a bit sorry for De Gea yesterday, um, just out of a pure goalkeeping point of view. Because he can, he couldn't do anything about any of those goals. Like especially the second Kukurez, where he just sat on the floor for ages, just sat there, and he was like, "Yeah, I know you feel, mate. I know how you feel. Not got no help from your outfield players." And yeah, it's, it's a horrible place to be, especially when you're getting getting battered. Uh, but yeah, he he was outstanding yesterday. Um, I don't think I think he's been pretty good to be fair. The last sort of probably since the Spurs game, really, he he seemed to look a little bit like his normal self. And I read somewhere on Twitter that uh, he went over to sign someone's shirt, and he had the Spanish uh, the Spanish national shirt with his name on with the number thirteen. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm not that number anymore." It's like, oh, I was like, fair play. I was like, yeah, I rate that. I was like, if if that's the case that he has that confidence in his own ability, then yeah, he he will he'll go top he'll go to the the top anyway. I think he he's young enough. He he has everything a modern day goalkeeper needs. You know, he's fantastic with his feet. He's great in the air. If if the likes of Barca and Spain, uh, Barca and Spain, Barca and Madrid don't snap him up uh, that soon, I'd be very surprised, to be honest. And no, that's not me belittling us it's just two Spanish giants he's a Spanish Spanish international you know but then again we may be playing Champions League football in that time so you may want to stay so who knows I had the uh, the privilege of um, seeing uh, Sanchez make his Forest Green Rovers debut um, and I said to my wife because we went and we went to watch them I said to my wife because he made a really fantastic save and I went he's going to be Brighton's number one one day. Um, and what a journey it's been for him, you know, from League Two to playing in the Premier League. Um, and, you know, there was only one goalkeeper that looked like a Spanish number one yesterday. And Aaron makes a good point. I mean, the, the Manchester United team's defending was woeful. Um, Ragnick said it in the, um, the press conferences afterwards. They just don't defend as a team. And we just looked so good defensively. Even though Manchester United did have a few chances, we just looked so good. We were fantastic. Our pressing game was brilliant. We were allowing them no time, no space. Um, and that is why we managed to make them look championship standards at time yesterday. Um, Chloe, fourth goal. Were you in dreamland? The ball is played around the midfield beautifully. Um, Pascal Gross plays a delightful through ball. Welbeck chips it. Thank, well, I say thankfully for Dallow clears it off the line, but thankfully Trossar is there. It hits his chest and it goes in. Were you in dreamland when we had, when you realised we had scored four goals against Manchester United? Yeah, I was like, I was just speechless. It was, it was amazing. You think four, four, that is, that is a thrashing. That is well and truly thrashing United. We're thrashing Man United. And it was just incredible. I was a bit nervous when they were looking at it for VAR because it did seem sort of be bundled in a bit. I wasn't sure um, watching the replays. It wasn't a handball. So but I can see why they looked at it. Um, but even then, when the VAR review things coming up, we're singing 3-0 to the Albion because even if it's not in, it's still... Yeah, you still think that if that wasn't a goal, we could have still gone on and scored a fourth anyway. Um, but yeah, it it was a goal, and when it was confirmed, everyone just went mental again because it was we're beating one of the biggest probably clubs in world football four nil. I just can't believe that. I never thought I'd see that. You know, I've always thought if we're going to thrash someone in the Premier League, it'd be a side da lower down the league to thrash one of these giants like that. It's just so extraordinary. And yeah, I was so elated and I still am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time someone says 4-0, I just smile. 
Um, you're right, Chloe. Um, it's but it's not the Brighton way to, to beat the uh, the clubs that we should be beating. Um, and the game yesterday, uh, Curtis. We, I mean, even after the fourth goal, um, Welbeck had a shot that drifted wide of the post. McAllister did hit the post, and Gross had a shot turned behind. Curtis, it's no exaggeration to say that the scoreline flattered Manchester United because we could have scored six or seven yesterday, couldn't we? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, I so wish the Welbeck goal went in because that would have been groovy. Um, but like, yeah, definitely. We, look, we looked just like a constant threat uh, uh, and whatnot. And there was a particular moment, I think it maybe been after the third or the fourth, where you could just see Ronaldo just sort of do that and you, and he's like laughing and you're like okay Ronaldo knows that we're massive as well so that's cool um but no I'm just so incredibly because this is going to be my final bit as I have to drop out in a second but I'm just so incredibly proud of uh what I saw yesterday uh what a shift what a shift I mean in retrospect what a season as well would have been nice to get a few more home game wins but yeah it is what it is and here's to a very very bright bright and Albion future Thank you, Curtis. That's really well put. Thank you for your time this morning, my friend. And uh, we'll catch you very, very soon, I'm sure. Um, Dan, um, I don't mean to like bring up the recent past, but just how far up the table could we have, could we be if we hadn't have gone on that really bad losing streak? Um, it, it just seems like we could quite genuinely be challenging for Champions League football if we had just had that period where we weren't uh, not doing so well. You just have to think, you know, you, you had the draw against Norwich, we had the loss, the surprising loss against Burnley. If, if it was sort of the other way around, so we beat Burnley, we got a result against Norwich, we wouldn't be, you know, fantasising over Europa Conference League potentially and um, thinking, thinking how great it would be to get there. We'd probably be in the running pretty much for that spot. Like, totally, we wouldn't be thinking such a slight dream. It could even be a reality. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's sad we had that little sad, little bad run. And, you know, all teams go through it all. But it's unfortunate, obviously, we were dreaming before then. Obviously, while we've done a good run, we are thinking, oh, we're going to the European Tour. Then sort of bringing, being brought back down to earth to, to basically then sort of being scared that we're going to be back into that relegation battle to then being put back up the table and for me obviously I'm just glad that we've beaten our record point total potentially now we're going to finish somewhere mid-table at the moment obviously I'm still keeping that little tiny hope alive obviously hopefully I think it's we have to wait for West Ham to lose today I think it is and I can't be in the other team Wolves I think in their next game, whenever it is. Through yesterday 2-2, thanks to a Connor Cody last-minute equaliser. But I think mathematically we can still finish anywhere between 7th and 14th. Mm. Hopefully not 14th. (laughs) Hopefully not 14th, I want to finish there. But uh, I'd I'd like to think we we could probably try and hit that 7th, obviously, if if it's out of our reach, then I still think we still have a brilliant season. As long as we've finished mid-table, we should be okay. Yeah, I think um, it'll take. We're gonna. We're, we hopefully we should finish in the top ten. You know, our season deserves it. Um, and just before we get on to our like our post game chat, Aaron, I just want to talk to you about what I thought was the most Pascal Gross thing I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, free <laughs> kick hits the first man, <laughs> and then the ball comes back to Gross, and then he does two Cruyff, two Pascal Gross turns. And then a back heel to Kukurea. Is that the most Pascal Gross thing that's ever happened? Yeah, it really is, to be fair. That's why I said it. I saw that and I saw that on Twitter yesterday. I just laughed. I was like, yeah, this 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 is sums up gross pretty well. I was like, you know, it just made me laugh. Um but like like you like you said, so if, if he does sign a contract here, it would more than likely be a bench warmer. Um and if that's the case, then you know, fair enough. I'll I'll be reasonably pleased with that. It's more. I think we need to. He he was outstanding yesterday. I, I will say that he was absolutely outstanding. Obviously, everyone was. 
Um, I think someone said in the chat that the the link up play on the on the right with March was class. Even on the left with Trossard and Kukurea. Um and he, he does make char- he does make chances, but he, it seems to be against United. He seems to play like a prime sort of just. I can't even think of a, a well cast German midfielder. It's just it, he just honestly he was just he was he was class yesterday. And I'm not going to be like, yeah, well, you're still shit. But he obviously is not, right, he's obviously not shit, obviously. I would like to point that out, he's obviously not. And he he proves it, seems to prove me wrong quite often. You can go full screen with this time if you want, because he might as well just be an apology. Let me figure it out, because I'm not Joe. Let me see if I can get you Fair full enough. screen. Uh, no, I'm not the technical people, wizard. Uh, fair enough. Well, people have been calling calling it for it in in the in the chat. Oh, there you go. Oh, there, there we go. go oh, mate. Jesus. Hi, hi everyone. Hi, Pascal. I have doubted you many times this year, and probably most of last year. Yesterday, your performance was absolutely outstanding. To be fair, the last sort of five or six appearances, you've been very, very good. If you do stay, it wouldn't probably be a bad thing. I was wrong. I was wrong to want you out of the club like that. I should see the bigger picture, and I did not. I apologise not only to you, but to everyone else on the podcast for what seems to be an agenda I have against Pascal Gross. Um, yeah, if he, if, he, if he wants to sign sign that thing then by all means by all means thank you aaron that was beautiful thank you um chloe final whistle it's blown just talk to us about the scenes at the amex um as i said before you could hear the crowd but what was it like to be there in the midst of that having just taken Manchester United and played with them for large parts of the game, taking them to the cleaners. What was it like? It was just incredible. Um, There are no words, really. Um, When it finally blew up, I was just so elated. And, um, yeah, we were just singing constantly. Um, And when we went down, like, obviously stayed behind to clap all the players and most of them came over and clapped us as well, sort of did a bit of a lap of honour around the stadium, which was just incredible. And I was just thinking, I'm so, so proud of this team. So proud. What a performance. And just feeling so connected to the club at that time. And, um, yeah, just so happy. And singing when we went down into the um, concourse, um, me and my parents stayed behind Um and it was just like so good down there. The feeling was just, the mood was just amazing. And everyone was happy. Everyone was singing and it it was incredible. And um, I love games like that. That one's going to live in my memory for a very long time because the whole atmosphere was just so good. So incredible. And um, yeah, I'm so happy. Good stuff, Chloe. It's, I just, I just, uh, as someone who doesn't get to go to a lot of home games, I have to like live through people's experiences. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, now, Aaron, I'm just going to come to you on this one um, because my dad messaged me uh, this last night. He said that when he was getting the train back, uh, the Manchester United fans were singing, we're shit and we know you are. Oh, no, sorry, I'll rephrase that. <laughs> we're shit and we know we are. Now, Aaron, do you remember singing that back at the with Dean? Because I certainly do. Um, oh, Yeah. How have oh, times yeah. changed, Aaron? How have times changed that we've just we've made Manchester United fans sing that about themselves? <laughs> uh, yeah, to be fair, that's what <laughs> I remember singing that way too often at the Wifting, to be honest, and, and to, mainly at away games, to be to be honest, where you can actually build an atmosphere. Um, but yeah, just how times change, really. I like said it's just. I think we, we, we've spoken about it enough over the last couple of weeks, but from where where we were to then battering, probably still known as the biggest club in the globe, 
Manchester United. Globally, they're, they're massive. They're, you say Man United, you know instantly who they are. And, you know, we, we, we didn't just beat them. That's the thing. It wasn't like we, they played well, but we got lucky. We absolutely battered them. Like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even a close game. Like, I think, I don't know if what I read on Twitter was true, but Dunk said in his post-match interview that, you know, it was men against boys. You know, it's men against boys that, you know, these these boys are getting paid 300k a week plus. One of them is the greatest, one of the greatest footballers to ever walk the earth, but Messi is still clear. Um, and, you know, we've just wiped the floor with them. It, it, honestly, I when we, I remember looking at my dad yesterday, I just started laughing. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it it just doesn't, it just didn't seem real. Like, even this morning, uh, it was just like, oh, what? It's like, how how has this happened? Like, just a, a massive club, what's say massive? Club like United are, are now our whipping boys. And I, I have a lot of, well, I say a lot, I know a few Man United fans. Obviously, they're from the South, obviously, because that's where most United fans live. Um, and they're just they're just scared to comment on anything. I message them, just get blue tick. All right, well, you know, your 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 time is your time is gone now. You're 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 nothing. You just got beaten by us, and you give give me shit for the last twenty six years since I've known you. That oh, your club your club's nothing. You know, but I don't care. So like we just wipe the floor with you four nil at home, and you have. Arguably the one of the best, like I said, best players in the world, laughing at your own team. It's like Jesus, but enough about United. You know, United are trash. You know, we're we're huge, we're massive. We are like we're like we're, we're, also we we are going on a European tour. I'd like to point out Norwich will win today. Everything will just slot into place. It's gonna be great. Can't wait. Chloe, are you gonna go on every European game? Go to every European game away. Travel to Lithuania. Place like that? Oh, I'd love to. Don't know if I could afford it though. <laughs> yeah, same. That's the dream. That's the dream. Going out oh, to places like Lithuania, Kazakhstan, and to watch your watch Brighton play in Europa Conference. Oh, that's the dream. Oh, yeah. could you imagine? Pound a pint. Oh, Christ! We wouldn't be able to. We'd never come home. Never come home. Just live in Europe, traveling everywhere. That's the dream. That <laughs> we the can dream. dream. But the thing is, I genuinely think, and this might be a bit of arrogance creeping in. But I genuinely think that with the squad, with Graham Potter at the helm, I genuinely think that is in on the cards in the future. Oh, I agree. No, I I can I completely agree. That's the not the the scary thing. It's more the worrying thing when other teams will see what Potter's doing and go, yeah, we'll have a bit of that. You know, we'll, we'll have a bit of that, and then you know he will go. It, it's. It, it, it probably will happen eventually. I was like, let, 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 let's be real. I, I would love it if he stayed six, ten years or forever. That'd be great. But he, his, he, if he doesn't get the England job after Southgate, I'd be very surprised. He's just a natural successor, in my opinion. Um, because look at the stuff he's done. Like, not even just with us. You know, look at Osterson, you know, fourth league of Swedish football up into the Champions League or Europa League, playing Swedish top flight, goes to Swansea, makes Swansea a fantastic team to watch. You know, I remember the FA Cup quarterfinal, they battered Man City and they, they lost due to an offside, which was never offside. Um, and came here and look what, he's, look what he's doing with us. It's crazy. Like... We've all, I mean, everyone here has had their doubts on Potter during at some point this season. I have, I know that much. But the guy seems to, I think he understands not just players, just pe- people in general. Like he knows how to manage them, how to, how to speak to them, how to get the best out of them. Well, I think that showed yesterday. They he drilled into them, this is what I want you to do, you know. Play the game plan to perfection, and we will absolutely take them to the cleaners. Where on the flip side, you got Ralph Reinrich who's just going to be there for a couple more games, and he's going to go upstairs. 
you know what, to be fair, you're not that was a weird appointment anyway. And even the Tang Hag appointment's a very strange one. Because, you know, if, if he doesn't come in in the summer and overhauls that squad, I'd be very surprised. And when you look at us, we've got, from the outset anyway, a very tight-knit squad. We've got starting to get strength and depth in certain positions, which is something we always have struggled with. We've got young and bright future stars coming up, likes of Casado, likes of Lamptey, likes of Ferguson, Moran, etc., Sepharento. Our future is, is going to be bright. It's going to be a really, really bright future. And if Graham goes, it, yeah, it's a, it's a big cog out of, the, out of the system, but we've still got the core there. We've still got the players, hopefully, touch wood, have the players still there who want to still play that exact same sort of style of football. We'll get a manager who wants to play that style of football and we can just go some strength to strength. And, you know, the fact we're saying we're, that European football is an actual possibility for this team, a team like Brighton is, is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I love it. Yeah, it's um, I love history. I love history. Thirty nine years ago, um, my dad, my granddad went to watch the uh, FA Cup final replay, and we lost four uh, nil. Twenty five years ago, we were, as I say, on the brink. And yesterday, we didn't just beat Manchester United. We've beaten Manchester United before. We outclassed them. And that's really all I can say. Um. Now, before we uh, chat about Leeds, I'd just like to come to you guys in turn and just ask for your player of the match. It might be a hard one um, to pick, really, because there were so many fantastic performances out there. Um, I'm going to start us off with just by saying uh, a really honourable mention. I thought Solly March was absolutely phenomenal yesterday. I thought that's probably the best game I've seen him play for us. Um, I thought he was excellent. Um, He was really fantastic. And playing... Uh, at right wing back uh, as a natural left footer who in the past we've criticised for not having a a right foot. Um, I thought he was just brilliant. Him and Pascal Gross, who was my man of the match, um, I thought their partnership was just phenomenal. So a massive uh, shout out to Solly, but I'm going to give my player of the match to Pascal Gross, um, who I thought was just, as Aaron said, absolutely outstanding yesterday. Uh, So Dan, which players or which player in particular caught your eye? It's a hard choice to just to pick one. It's like I was looking at the when I came home, I was looking at the the, the one that the club does. I was looking at the, the four options. I was like, how can I choose just one? Um, and say Sonny March, excellent, brilliant. I've, you know, since since he's coming from his injury, he wasn't really playing at his I would say his best level. Um, but I think he's got back to it now. That was amazing. Uh, Pascal, brilliant again. You know. Um, uh, Kukurei could say as well, Casado, most of the players really. You say decent. I, in the end, well, on the club one, I picked Sanchez just purely because fantastic saves, those balls amazing to put him straight over. Excellent. Just, I think that was probably the, I want to say, one of the best games he's ever probably ever had in his entire Brighton career, I think. I mean, yeah, all of them pretty much really had, but I think Sanchez for me, I think definitely deserves a good good mention. Uh, a lovely shout out there, Dan. Uh, Aaron, how do you feel about Sanchez's balls? Sorry, I couldn't resist. Why? <laughs> Honestly, when you said that, when you said that, I was like, "That's what she said," and I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "No, no, no, no!" Um, oh, sorry, Joe can cut this bit out. To be fair, no, I think we should keep it in. Um, oh, that's what she said, also. <laughs> uh, whoop, Dear God, um, oh, what's what's happened to the show? We used to be We're so highbrow. Um, okay, oh, Aaron, who was your player of the match, please? Uh, it's, 
it's a difficult one. It really is. Um, I think you got you guys have already said that you know you you mentioned a lot of names, but for me, it's got to be Caicedo again. Um, I don't know where we found this guy, but he's not human. I swear, he just runs. He just he just mind boggling. He's he like I said this a couple of weeks ago. His ceiling is bigger than Basuma's. His ceiling is bigger than Basuma's, and Eve's a f- phenomenal talent, but. His, he just he, everything about him. He does. We're such a young age, but we're so just a calming influence in the midfield. Like there was one point, I remember Sanchez played quite a, uh, like a tight ball through a couple of United players to. Uh... Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> for a couple of United players, and. He got it. Casado got the ball, but he had players either side of him. But he just took a touch, looked up, passed it straight away. Like where beforehand, if that went into went into like a player who's low on confidence, just instantly hoof it, just instantly just hook it out. But he he was class. March was class. It just felt like everyone was just having a good time. It honestly felt like a preseason friendly. Like everyone was just everyone was just smiling, having fun, enjoying it. And we, you can't say, you know, we haven't had enough of those sort of games where it, there was one point where we were singing, we're Brian O'Valvin and we're taking the piss. And it really did feel like that. And have we, Aaron, do you know if we've, have we ever sung that in the league? I remember singing it in the championship quite championship, a bit. Championship, yeah. Especially I remember league. singing it, I remember singing it in League One away to Peterborough. But that was more, we're, we're fucking brilliant. We're fucking brilliant. That's what we sang at Peterborough. Um, and that's when we were four and up as well, funny enough. Um, but yeah, for me, Caicedo. Um, also, you've got to give a shout out for Welbs, I think. Yeah, he had, he's, to be fair, he should have scored the one in the first half. The, the lob over De Gea. Um, but yeah, I thought he, he just does what Welbert does. And he he done okay. I don't think you can really fault anyone yesterday. Like you can't even say, you know, oh he he done okay. No, everyone done fantastic. Like all everyone on that pitch was at least at eight or nine out of ten. Like you can't really give them any lower. It, I think that says says volumes, in my opinion. Yeah, a world away from the twos and threes and fours that we were given them a few months ago. Wow. By you, by you, you mean me, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Uh, and finally, Chloe, who was your uh, player of the match? Um, I... It's so difficult to choose because they were just all phenomenal. Um, I think Trossard was brilliant. Um, Sanchez, Caicedo, Cucurella, Gross, March, you could pick any of them and they it would be a fair selection. Um, so I think I'm going to go Trossard just because I think he's really seemed to up his game the past sort of few games and I've been really impressed by him and I think believe he's level on goals with Mope now, joint top scorer. So um yeah, I would give it to him. I think he got two assists yesterday as well. Yeah, he's um, definitely been putting a shift in last couple of weeks. Um, and as you say, he's um, he's equaled uh, Neil's uh, tally for the season. It'll be interesting to see um, which two of those will come out of the uh, end of the season as our top scorer, uh, unless someone else starts chipping in with phenomenal uh, goal return. Um, so... Let's look ahead to our next game, which is against Leeds at Ellen Road. Now, I'm looking at Leeds' current fixtures uh, for the remainder of the season. They play Arsenal today, they play Chelsea on Wednesday, and then they play us next Sunday. Um, It's really tight down the bottom of the table, but it is within the realms of possibility that when we play them at Ellen Road, we could, I'm not saying we will, we could be the team to send them down, um, which means Leeds will have the bit between their teeth fighting for survival. Um, Dan, how do you see the game against Leeds uh, going next weekend? 
I think the the, the must be going to get very tired. So they're going to play Arsenal, then then play midweek, then play us. It's it's going to be mental for him to you know, to try and keep up. Um, I think we've always done very well. I, I, due to my memory, um, I think we've always done very well at Leeds. I think all the times that I've seen we've played at Leeds, we do very very well. Um, but I presume that Leeds will probably still be fighting for what that's that's that one space to be given to somebody else for relegation. Um, yeah, I, I I can see it be a very struggle for him if they're, they're uh, going to try and get anything from the game. Yeah, it's going to um, it's going to be an interesting one. Aaron um, Leeds, what do you reckon? We're going to send them down. They're going to survive. What's the score going to be? <clears throat> I would love to send them down. Oh, it would be brilliant. Um, do I think we will? Uh, depends. I have a feeling they're going to beat Arsenal today. It, it just it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. But then obviously, then it sort of gives them the sort of a bit of relief for the Chelsea game. They can sort of not play or rest players, but they can then focus. Because they, they, to be fair, are they at home against Chelsea or away? Um, I don't know. I've just closed the fixtures down. All right, fair enough. If if it's if it's at Eden Road, then they, you know, they could very well pick up points there. Um, but to be fair, watching Leeds under Jesse March is still feels pretty similar to Bielsa in the sense of they can't defend. Um, but. Instead of them going all out attack, pressing constantly, they're more more relaxed. I would say, in that sense. I, I after the last couple of weeks, I want to say we're going to win. We're going to batter them. I, I want to say, but it'd be like like dance. They're fighting for their lives. So it's not going to be easy. You know, with Wolves, there was you know not much really, not much for them to play for. And even yesterday, United, United will now have their worst finish in Premier League history. So tomorrow, so next week will be a different, a whole different task. Um, I still think we, I still think we will win. I'm, I'm confident we will win, um, but it won't be like it was against Wolves or, or, or yesterday against United. It'll probably be one nil, and. Let's go Trossard again for me. Uh, like Chloe says, he's found his goal-scoring form. And it's, it's nice to see. I, I remember in January when we were saying to players to let go, I said Trossard being one of them. I, I, I don't think that would probably be a smart decision at the precise moment. Um, due to, uh, he's, he, he's our informed player. And the last time we sold an informed player, we went on a lovely seven game, seven defeats in a row. I'm not going to mention his name because I may start crying, but you know it's fine. It's fine, Tom. It's fine. It's it fine. is fine. I had a bit of banter with a Newcastle fan um, on uh, on Twitter yesterday because, of course, Newcastle fans are going, "Oh, Eddie Howes, he he's come in and he's turned it around. What a magical thing!" It's like, yeah, but you splashed ninety five million in January, so it's not exactly a fairy tale. Yeah, and then I was going to literally about to say you can give Leeds and Burnley that money and they'll stay up. You know, you uh, mention his name. Uh, Chloe, um, Leeds, who's going to score? Your boy Neil loves a goal against our Leeds. And I'm sure, um, you know, it will just it just solidifies his place as our, as our striker. But also, you know, it's it's just going to be a fantastic way to end the season away from home if we can, you know, get some goals. What, what are you feeling? What are your thoughts? Um, I mean... I do think it will be a tough game because obviously they're still fighting for their lives. Um, I don't think Mope will start. He'll probably come on near the end like he did against United. Um, and I can see Trossard scoring again. I'm okay with that. I don't care who scores, just that we put the ball in the back of the net. Um, so, yeah, I do think we can win that definitely and um if we play like we did yesterday we could you know have another thrashing on our hands um and that would be amazing that would make the journey back a lot more um enjoyable um so yeah why not why not a nice three nil 
win. Yeah. I mean, our away form this season, we've said it before, has been phenomenal. And it would be so nice to end the season um, with another victory on the road. But we shall see. We shall see. Leeds are by no means an easy team to play. Um, but I have every confidence that we could uh, go and get a result. Um, but that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you very much to Dan, Aaron and Chloe for joining me on this Sunday morning to reminisce about, as I say, what is perhaps the most exciting, enjoyable, dominant performance we've seen at the Amex in a very, very long time. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe for more if you haven't already. And we will come to you soon with our next episode of Albion Obsessed. Take care, guys. We'll be right back.